We are on Ksubis Ayin Dalad, Amid Aleph, 74a. As we continue in our discussion of the Gemara, we were discussing what happens in a situation where uh, the husband is Mekadish. He has a halachic engagement with his wife. Uh, let's say uh, giving a ring would, would be a form of an engagement. And then, but it's on condition that she has no nadarv. She did not take any oaths. Uh, perhaps specifically oaths that uh, have an impact on her that causes her pain um, and difficulty. But afterwards, they have a marriage. They then get married, a full marriage, without any condition. So uh, does the condition continue to exist from the point in time of the engagement? Or no, once they get married, so then they're living together, they're having marital relations, and so therefore it is assumed uh, that the husband is forgoing the conditions. And it's like, uh, it's like a, new, a new marriage. It's like a new engagement because one of the ways of, of becoming engaged is through sexual relations. So this can be viewed as a new engagement, a new marriage, which uh, does not require the conditions to be met. And therefore, uh, they would need to get divorced. If they, if they separate, they would need to get a, have a divorce, uh, a get, a divorce document. Or do we say that, no, the conditions continue to exist? Do we say the condition, conditions continue to exist? And therefore, they are not married if the conditions are not met. If she did have an oath prior to the marriage, and then they would not require a get. They would not require a halachic divorce. So, on that note, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan says that in that case, in the case that we're discussing, where there's a halachic engagement, uh, the giving of the ring, on, on condition that there are no oaths, However, they then have bia, they then have sexual relations. Rabbi Yochanan says, everybody agrees, everybody agrees that uh, we do not require a get, we do not require a divorce document. We say that the conditions have to continue uh, to, to exist and therefore they have to be met. If she had an oath, so then if she took upon herself an oath that the husband didn't know about, then uh, they do not need a get, they do not need a divorce document because... They were never married, even though they had uh, sexual relations. So on that, the Gemara asks, Eitzvei Rav Acha, Breder of Ika, Bar Achte. Racha, the son of Rav Ika, uh, asked the following question. What about the following case? Chalitza Muta'as Kshira. Chalitza Muta'as Kshira. That a Chalitza done uh, with... Uh, uh, the wrong intentions. It was uh, something was off on the intentions. They weren't aware of what they were doing. The chalitza still works. What is chalitza? Chalitza brings us back to our Yevamos days. Yibam is a situation where uh, a couple is married without any children. The husband passes away. So then there's the mitzvah of Yibam for the husband's brother to do Yibam with his deceased brother's wife. Essentially means uh, a form of marriage. But uh, he also has the option of doing chalitza. Chalitza is a way of creating that separation, that uh, there is some form of connection to the brother-in-law once the brother passes away, again, without children. Uh, but chalitza is the way to, uh, to separate. So if he does chalitza with the, with the wrong intentions, it still works. So ezuhi chalitza mutas, what does it mean that it's with the wrong intentions? What exactly is going on? So this is a dispute, this is a machlokas between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. Amr Yishlakish, kosher Amr Lechol Tzla, Bekach Atakonza. Rishlakish says that we're talking about a case here where he's totally off. 
he thinks he's doing chalitza and he does the act of chalitza and he think, but he thinks that this is how we stay married. This is how he stays married to his sister-in-law. This is in his mind. This is really yibam, when in actuality he's doing the act of chalitza and the act of chalitza is a form of uh, removal, of separation, of the fact that she's now allowed to go marry whom she's allowed to go marry whomever she wants. So Rishlaka says, even though he has totally the wrong intentions, totally the wrong intentions, the chalitza still works, which is a very important idea. Seems to be, according to Rish Lakish, that we do not require intent. We do not require intent, at least uh, intent in terms of the result of the action. Uh, and that chalitza just sort of works automatically. Sort of works automatically, comparable to what some of the later commentators refer to as other cases where, let's say, shechita, if a person slaughters an animal... Uh, in the proper way to make it kosher. So then that works, regardless of intention, whatever their intention is. Uh, but if they do the act of slaughtering and they do it properly, so then it works. So to over here, as long as he does the act of chalitza, he does it halakhically the way it's supposed to be done, even though he's thinking that this is going to accomplish something very different, the opposite of what chalitza actually accomplishes. So it works according to Rish Lakish. Comes Rabbi Yochanan and says, no, Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan, no. But Amr's Chalitza Ksheira, Rilchanan says, no, you need intent. When it comes to Chalitza, you need, in fact, not just intent from the uh, brother, the, the, the lie brother, but you also need intent from the wife. Both of them have to have proper intent. Otherwise, the Chalitza is not good. Now, what type of intent do you need is subject to debate. Some say we need intent that this is a mitzvah, that they have to understand that this is a mitzvah that they are fulfilling, that mitzvahs require proper kavana, proper intent. And so therefore, maybe they need to know that this is a mitzvah. Alternatively, maybe it's not really about the mitzvah of chalitza, but really this is about uh, the fact that they have to have intent that they are performing a, 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 an act here which will lead to the result of the fact that the wife will now be free to marry whomever she wants, that this is some sort of a kinyan, some sort of halachic change in status where the wife can now marry whomever she wants. And they have to have kavana, they have to have intent, just like one has to have intent when they are performing some sort of business transaction, monetary transaction, you have to have proper intent. So, so to over here, even though we're obviously not discussing money, but she does become now, uh, uh, halakhically, her status changes and she's allowed to marry anybody that she wants. Um, and that changes. Until then, she was only allowed to do yibam with her husband's brother. And so that change requires kavana, requires proper intent. Okay, so Rebbe Elchanan says you need proper intent. So you cannot, it wouldn't work to think that you're actually doing yibam when you're doing the act of chalitza, you think that you're actually getting married, that would not work. So what is the case of chalitza mutas? What is the case where you do a chalitza where uh, you're doing it uh, with the wrong intent? Uh, so the case is where a person does chalitza, but it's on the condition that she will give you 200 zuz. So you're doing chalitza, the act of chalitza, uh, the separation between the wife of the deceased hus- uh, husband and the brother uh, of the deceased husband, that uh, this act of chalitza should be viewed as chalitza on the, on the condition that she will give you 200 zuz, give you money. And that, that even, though he doesn't, even though she doesn't give him money, it would still work. That's the point. He knows he's doing chalitza, says Rabbi Yochanan. He has proper intent and he knows what the results will be. However, he thinks he's doing it on condition. The condition is not met. It still works, says Rabbi Yochanan. So what's the question? Well, this, now let's bring it back full circle. Alma, 
So therefore, what do we see from here? That as long as he does the act of chalitza, even though it's on condition, but at the end of the day, once he's doing the act of chalitza, he's clearly showing that he wants to be mochal, that he wants to forego the conditions. So then, so too, over here, in our case of the Kiddushin, the Kiddushin, the engagement is on condition. However, they then have sexual relations. So that should reveal to us that he's really being mochal, that he's really foregoing the condition. Just like we say that by chalitza, so too we should say that over here as well. So what is the Gemara answer? The Gemara says, Amrlei, Barbe Rav Shaper Ka'amris. Barbe Rav says, no, there's no question here. Why? So this now gets us into a very important topic about Tanais in general, about the concept of putting, making some sort of uh, halachic status, halachic change on condition. Is that really, that whole concept is learned out from a story in the Torah of the children, the, the tribe of God and Reuven, uh, where they uh, they uh, they made a condition in terms of um, entering into uh, keeping land outside of Eretz Israel, outside of Israel, that there was two and a half uh, tribes outside of Israel, and they made certain condi- they uh, made certain promises that they can only keep it on, based on certain conditions, and that's really the original source. But the concept of of uh, uh, of having the ability to make something on condition is really not simple. It's really not simple. It has to have a source to it, and we do have a source to it. And there are many laws that we learn out from the source. It's very limited in scope. How far we take it, it's very limited. And so Barbie Rav here is saying the following. The whole concept is anyways is a chiddish. It's a novel idea to, have a, to, to, to say that uh, a certain uh, halachic status uh, could be based on, uh, on a condition. We learn it out from the whole story of God and Ruvain, the tribes um, keeping the land outside of Israel based on certain conditions. But tonight, so he answers and he, and he says that uh, just like by B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain, the whole story there about keeping the land, that could, that could have been done based on a messenger. They could have had a messenger in that case. Um, so in that case, there was a messenger. So in a case where you could appoint a messenger, such as Moshe, Moshe appointed Yoshua, Joshua, to be the messenger, to uh, complete all of the... Uh, all, all, all the divisions of who lives where in the land of Israel, um, and so you could have a messenger in that case. So then, if you have a, if it's, it has a possibility of having a messenger, so therefore you could also have a uh, condition. But if it's impossible to have a messenger, such as as we're about to get to um, uh, the case of Bia, sorry, the case of Chalitza, the case of Chalitza, you cannot have a messenger for Chalitza. It's not allowed. You cannot have a messenger to do the chalitza. It has to be specifically from the brother of the deceased husband to with his wife, with the, with the wife of the deceased husband. Um, they have to do chalitza and nobody else. They can't appoint somebody else to take their place, to have a messenger. So if that's the case, you can also, it's not allowed to have, you can't make a condition on it. However, when it comes to kiddushin, when it comes to marriage or the halachic engagement with the ring, so you could appoint somebody else to be a messenger. You could have somebody else be a messenger to give the ring. That It's not necessarily the most romantic way of getting married, but it's definitely allowed. You have a messenger bring the ring to the to the wife. So if that's the case, then you could also have conditions because it's all learned out from this case of B'nai God of B'nai Ruvain, from the from the tribes of God and Ruvain who were living on the other side of uh, uh, of uh, of Eretz Yisrael, of Israel, and uh, that's what they wanted, and it was on condition, and they could have had a messenger in that case. So too, all cases require a messenger. Why this is, we'll get to in a second. But let's just complete the Gemara. The Gemara then says, wait a minute. So then, 
So the Gemara says, the Gemara asks, wait a minute, but you just said that you need to have, in order to have a condition, it requires a messenger. But we know that there are cases where you can have a condition on an engagement where the engagement is done based on marital relations. That, uh, that would, that, that's how the, the Kiddushin, the engagement, was uh, accomplished. But in that case, it's true that when it comes to the giving of a ring, you could appoint a messenger. When it comes to giving the uh, the marriage document, you could appoint a messenger. But when it comes to marital relations, that's not allowed. You cannot have somebody else take his place. That's certainly not allowed. So then how could they make a condition on such an engagement? So the Gemara says, the Gemara answers, no, because all forms of engagement are connected to each other. And since, as the commentators point out, two out of the three, i.e. the giving of the ring and the Ksuba document, two out of the three could be done through a messenger. So then all three of them, we view it as though it's one general category that it could be done through a messenger, even though uh, the, third, the third form and the third uh, way of, uh, of getting married, i.e. through marital relations, uh, that cannot be done through a messenger. But since two out of three could be done through a messenger, so therefore this general category of kedushin, of engagement, is one which uh, allows for a messenger. If it allows for a messenger, it also allows for uh, one to get engaged on a condition. As opposed, again, as opposed to chalitza, the whole question came from chalitza. When it comes to chalitza, it cannot be done through a messenger, and therefore you cannot put a condition on it. When it comes to marriage, it could be done through, or the halachic engagement could be done through a messenger, and therefore you could have a condition. Now, what, what does that have to do with the messenger? Why, why are they connected to each other? This is the question which is asked by many, many Commentators, including Tosos on the page, the classic commentator on the page, yes. What's exactly the connection here? We don't make, we don't make all comparisons between B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain, the by God and Ruvain. We don't say oh, it has to do with land and has to do with Israel. No, it's uh, something which has some sort of svar, some sort of logic to then extend it to other forms of uh, of conditions. Uh, and so he explains as follows. Tosos explains as follows. He says that no, there there is a logic behind it. That when it comes to uh, making a, a condition, one can only make a condition on some sort of halachic change, some sort of action, if the person is in control, if it's the person who's the one who's creating this change, so then they have the ability to say this change will only happen based on a certain condition. However, if the person is not in control, if the action just, once it happens, so then it takes place by itself, regardless of whether the person is involved or not. So for example, chalitza, or let's say shechita, slaughtering an animal. So in those cases, once uh, the animal is slaughtered, so then what's done is done, and uh, you're not in control. The person's not in control. It's the action which causes the result. It's not the person who causes the result. But in cases where the person does cause the result, well, that's why he's able to appoint a shaliach, a messenger. He can appoint a messenger because he's in control, and he could say, oh, I'm now appointing you to do this, uh, to do this action, such as to get it, have a halachic engagement. So since he's in control, once he's in control, and he's in control enough to appoint a messenger, he's also in control to say that, uh, this will only take place if certain conditions are met. He's in control, so he could decide the rules. And he could say, this will only take place if there's conditions which are met. So that, that's, that's the basic idea. It's there to show you that, yes, you could have uh, conditions uh, to, before the engagement, uh, uh, that, that the engagement is contingent upon certain conditions that have to be met. Uh, but the reason why it works is because since the husband is in control, he's the one who's creating, it's through him that he's creating this halachic engagement, so therefore he could appoint a messenger, which shows us that he's in control. And once he's in control, he can also make it al tonight based on certain conditions. Okay, this is a very, very big topic, which we're not going to get into all the details. Uh, but this, uh, th- there's questions of what happened. There are various cases where uh, 
you cannot appoint the shliach, you cannot appoint the messenger, and yet the t'nai, the condition still works. So that has to be explained how that exactly that works. You have to have some sort of uh, ownership that you have to be in control in some way, as Tosas points out. And this also applies also by mitzvos. We know by certain mitzvos, by mitzvos, the many mitzvos which are mitzvos, we refer to as shibagufo. You cannot appoint somebody else to sit in the sukkah. You cannot appoint somebody else to eat your matzah. You can't appoint your other people. For some mitzvahs, you could appoint other people to, do, to fulfill the mitzvah for you. But certainly for many mitzvahs, you cannot appoint somebody else. Oh, I'm going to relax today. I don't have to go pray. I don't have to go daven. Somebody else will daven for me. No, it doesn't exactly, doesn't exactly work like that. Um, so in those cases, uh, there are certain mitzvahs where you can make it on condition. Uh, that we know that there are certain cases where it can be on condition. That I know that I want to fulfill the mitzvah of saying Shema now on condition that now is the right time. But if now is not the right time, I want to say it later. So it could be on condition, even though you cannot appoint a messenger. So how exactly does that work is a very big question. In the end of the day, the general answer is that, well, in the end of the day, you have to show that you are, that that person is in control, that uh, they're in control, and um, they are they're the ones who create this situation. In such a scenario, they can make conditions. They're able to uh, make it al that they can say that the, the, the fulfillment of this uh, the result of this action of, let's say, kiddushin, of engagement, will only take place if there's a condition that is fulfilled. Okay, this is uh, the, a good stopping point for the middle, as we're in the middle of Ein Dalar Manalf 74a, as we discussed the very important topic of tenayim, of, of making certain laws, certain, certain results based on a condition, when that applies, when that doesn't apply, and we'll continue with the Gemara in the next class.